0: Dalet, Mishnah Zayin, there are two different topics in the Mishnah. The first talks about starting a fire. And the Mishnah says, You're not allowed to start a fire. And the reason why you can do ma'vir and light something with an existing fire is because that is part of the Tzarek ochel Nefesh, the preparation for cooking food. But here our Mishnah is differentiating between setting something else on fire from an existing flame and creating a flame anew. And the mission says one may not create a new flame. The reason why is because that would fall into the category of something called molid, creating something anew, which Chazal saw as being too similar to other malachas and therefore forbade it. So it would be the same as other categories of, of uh, Machshe o nefesh, readying things for preparatory acts for cooking, that anything that could be done from before Yom Tov, must be done before Yom Tov. So in the case of actually, you know, lighting a fire, you might need for cooking something. You might need the fire now, and therefore you could do it on Yom Tov. But to create a new fire that wasn't there before, that could have always been done before Yom Tov. And you could just keep like a pile light, light. Or as we do today, we have, you know, like a like candle burning that's a source of fire. Should we need it on Yom Tov? So this just says, a mot or you can't bring forth a new flame. Now, how did they do that in time in the Mishnah? They didn't have matches. So how did they do that? It says, Lomina You can't do it from wood. The proverbial rubbing two sticks together. In fact, their own way of creating uh, fire with wood is to have one wood spin sort of back and forth on top of the other one, like with using a bow or something. In any case, um, that would be taking wood that's not on fire and making light, which would be forbidden. Vanim. Same goes with stones. There are certain kinds of stones. Uh, flint stones, as they're called in Hebrew, avneish. Fire stones, fire starter stones, which you bang together, and sparks come out of that, onto kindling, would start a fire. Volumina afar, same goes you can't create it from the dirt. How would that be? Certain kinds of um, earth are filled essentially with flint stones. so when you strike it with a metal implement, sparks fly. Again, you can catch them with kindling and create a fire. And finally, volumina mime. You can't create a fire out of water. How in the world did you start a fire with water? So remember how when you were a kid you used to, See those people who would take magnifying glasses and burn ants or something? So you can concentrate the sun's energy in a single point, which makes it very hot, which could cause them to get on fire. So the case of our mission is you essentially take a a cup filled with water, and the courage of the cup, and the water creates the focusing of the sun's light in one particular place on a very hot day. If you put kindling on that focal point, it could again catch on fire, creating a new flame, and that would be forbidden on Yom Tov. Second of all, ve'ein esha ra'afim a new den really says you're not allowed to um, use ra'afim are uh, roofing tiles like shingles and they're made out of clay and the way you make them last well and long is to put them in a oven to be fired. So these are um, like shingles for a roof. Think of them sort of as like um, like uh, cylinders cut down the middle. So they're sort of these round cylinders um, which you could use now. It's like a plate on which you would, like a tray or something, you'd put in the oven or over a fire to cook something. The problem is if they haven't been fully fired, so putting them over the fire, you actually finalize the and These shingles now become like fully usable shingles roof tiles, and that would be forbidden as much as you're creating the roof tile anew. Therefore, it says, a You can't um, like fire using the roof shingles or tiles over a fire like think Libun, like when you're Kashiach for Pesach, Eshera Afim, these shingles, Litzlos Behen, using them just to fry something or cook something on top of them, and um, because the shingles themselves will be turned into permanent shingles. And finally, the od Amr Rebbe Eliezer, Rebbe Eliezer said one more thing, this is saying one more thing, because in the previous Mishnah, he had said several Kulas, so I have one more Kula over here, which is actually a double barrel Kula, he says, Omid Adam Al Hamukta, Erev Shabbos, V'Shviyas, Person could stand at over the mukta. The two them here, they're much but muchness. If the mukta refers to a place where you set things aside or the something which is mukta in itself on Erev Shabbos, on Shvius year, which is a side point, we'll get to it in a second. And we're talking about a case where he has, uh, let's say, he has grapes that are drying into raisins in this place called the mukta. So when it comes to fruit that's drying, there are really three categories of fruit there's fruit which is edible as is. And if it's edible as is, like a grape or a raisin for that matter, so then hasman is not required. Any food is automatically edible because it's food. No pre-designation required. The second category would be things which are sort of like, let's say in transition, halfway between a grape and a raisin. When it's like half shriveled up nasty grape, inedible. Since it's inedible, even if you would be Muslim, you'd say ahead of time on Shabbos, I plan on eating my nasty half shriveled up grapes on Shabbos. No, that would not be effective. Even with hazmana, because that's like saying, I'm going to eat the rocks in my backyard for lunch. It doesn't make the rocks food. They're still rocks, and therefore they're still mukta. But the third category, which is the category of our Mishnah, is when you have um, grapes that have basically turned into raisins, but they're not fully, fully done. It'd be better if you better have left them on the roof for a day or two, or on the mukta for a day or two more. But you say, I want to eat them this Shabbos. So since they are edible, if you'd want to eat them, Although not totally completed yet, if you don't say anything, they would still be mukta, because they're presumed to be left aside for a couple more days of finishing up to become fully dried raisins. But if you want to eat them on Shabbos, you could do hazaman and say, no, I want to eat my raisins a couple days early, and that would be effective in turning those, those, uh, almost done raisins into food, and therefore not mukta. And that's what Blazer says. He says you can do that, and all you need to do is just, um, verbally, verbally designate it. You could omid adam alham mukta, you could stand next to your area called the mukta where you have these, grapes drying out. Now they're basically raisins. Erev Shabbos B'Shviyas on Shabbos Eve in the Shemitah year. The reason why we're bringing the, sh- shvies, the Shemitah year in here is because um, normally if you have raisins that you're going to eat, you'd have to take tithes on them, Trumas and Meisurus. You can't take Trumas and Meisurus on Shabbos proper, but in the Shemitah year, the seventh year, the seven-year cycle, there's no requirements for Trumas and Meisurus at all. And therefore, the Mishnah just sidesteps the issue of dealing with Trumas and Meisurus by saying this is in the Shemitah year, so therefore no Trumas and Meisurus to be separated from these raisins is required. Va'omer, and the chiddush of Rabbi Eliezer is to say by simply verbally saying, "Those raisins are the ones I plan eat on Shabbos," that transforms them to being no longer muktzah. Just a verbal declaration, nothing more. And you could say, "Mikan ani ocha You could point to one section of the muktzah and say, "I'll take some raisins from that place over there on, the, on that side." Without specifying which p- specific raisins you plan on eating, so he has two separate chedushim. The first chedush of is that simply verbalizing, say it, staying with your mouth, "I'm going to eat it," makes it not muxa. And second of all, he's relying on something called brera, retroactive allocation. He's saying, "Listen, the, whatever raisins from that section of that I eat those, are the ones that I meant now to make mukhan and muzman, like ready for my eating tomorrow, even though I'm not identifying which particular raisins I plan on eating." says rabbi Yisrael, that's sufficient however the chacham disagree Omar ad adkan first of all they say no uh, you can't just you can't just um verbally designate you have to do something more than that um and that would require like some sort of act like you make a mark on the ground that says it's these particular raisins that I'm going to be eating um, verbalizing alone is not enough and second of all you can't rely on brera the chacham don't hold of brera and therefore they say you can't just designate a, a whole section of raisins for the ones you're going to eat, you have to say, these specific raisins that I'm marking off from here to here, those are the raisins that I'm eating on Yom Tov. Anything less than that would not be sufficient to make them no longer Muktzah. The Bartonur says the Halacha is like the Chachamim, meaning that you can't just verbally say it and you can't, you rely on Brira. Um, and that's based on the Rambam. However, the Ramah is Mekel. The Rama says that the Halacha is like ribliezer. Since we're talking about only um Mukta and Mukta's durabanan, the rule is that we do allow for Brera retroactive allocation when it comes to rabbinic issues, like mukta, and therefore the Ramah says simply verbalizing saying these are the ones we meet, um and even just not specifying which particular ones would be enough, says the Ramah.